Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Darion Henderson. So glad to have you all back with us. This month on WNBF News, we're highlighting Black history all month long during the month of February. Of course, we started with the cornerstone of the Black community, the Black Barbershop. Then we went over to the heart of the Black community. We're talking about some good old soul food. Now, we're going to talk about the spirit of the black community. That's going to be, of course, the entertainment, the music. And I'm so happy to be joined with some people that knows all about it. Let me tell you, I want to start with James Stevens III. He is the owner of Asher Theater here in Myrtle Beach. Then we have Shania Johnson. She's a performer here. And let me tell you, I definitely want to come check her out. And then we have Roy Benton. He is the grandchild of Brooke Benton, the infamous Brooke Benton, who has quite a couple songs. I cannot wait talk about uh, some songs that I didn't even know your grandfather was a part of nowadays. Yes. Can't wait to get into that. Want to say, James, thank you so much for having us hey, here. Listen, it's my pleasure to be here, man, with the, and then with these great entertainers. It's oh, excellent. You this know what is I'm simply amazing. Yeah. The place you have here is amazing, and let me tell you, their voices are just as amazing as well. Um, I feel as if you know, when it comes to talking about music, when you're talking about artists and things of that nature, of course, we need to know what our past is, right? If you don't know your past, you won't have a future. I said that a couple of times on this series. So let's talk about the history of black musicians and entertainers. Um, and from, you know, I guess my own research, and you look at a lot of movies, that always starts back in like the juke joint. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. Back in the cut, the you know The chilling circuit, the yeah. juke joint. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jerry, tell us a little bit about the juke joint and, and, and what it meant back then. And listen, and I, you know, even being as old as I am, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm basically a fossil with these kids up here. Oh, but even by being a fossil, I'm still like 40 years away from what was happening back then. Yeah. But if you look at the, 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 the Sam Cooke specials and the Ray Charles specials and the Brooke Ben specials, like, you know, his grandfather was back with he, Nat King Cole. Yeah. And when that came cold, man, yeah. those were the creme de la creme yeah. guys. And so Diana Washington and all those people. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the sad thing about it is, of course, you know that when if that's when they have the, 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 the Chitlin circuit, the Jew joint circuit, mm -hmm. and basically they, we, we had to, we can perform, but we had to go back to our own spots. Yeah. And that was a huge problem back then. We talk about just troubles to find places to perform. Yeah. I mean, bad voices. Yeah. I mean, voices could just, you don't even need a mic, you know, just, just, just give me the place, you know. But that was the hardest part was finding the place. Yes. Um, of course, we know about segregation and things of that nature. Um, but it, how did black artists feel like, back then going through Like that? the Green Book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Green Book yeah. is basically, the, the, you know, it was like having your own underground railroad. Right. And so, but, you know, there were some places that were flourishing, of course, you know, like the Black Wall Street and going to Oklahoma, but you still got to get to Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Durham, North Carolina, but you still got to get to Durham, North Carolina. That means you're going, you're going, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going, you're going through some really tough territories yeah. to get to where you had to be. And uh, like, it was amazing. I always watched that Sam Cooke thing because Sam Cooke, they showed Dylan. Now I was born in Dylan. Yeah. So when they showed Sam Cooke coming through Dylan, I'm like, oh my God, he came to Dylan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so uh, people like, but his grandfather, and of course, you know, Nat King Cole, they, they were creme de la creme because they were actually was accepted yeah. more or less into the world of music. And not because, you know, just because of color of the skin, because these guys could write. And his grandfather could write. He was writing, you know, for everybody. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. and he, I mean, like he was saying, your grandfather was heavily involved back then. Yes, he was definitely a prolific writer. He's wrote uh, for Nat King Cole. Actually, 
the song Looking Back, if I'm not mistaken, it was nominated for a Grammy. Um, so that was a song he wrote for Nat King Cole. Also, originally, It's Just a Matter of Time was for Nat King Cole. Wow. Him and Clyde Otis wrote that together. He's written for Ruth Brown. <sighs> He's written for so yeah. many artists. Uh, Bobby Blue uh, Bland, that song, I'll Take Care of You, that you, we all know from Drake and Rihanna is yeah. actually originally from my grandfather. He wrote that for uh, Bobby Blue Bland. He also wrote for uh, Clyde McFadder. He's wrote his first, uh, fir first few hits uh, from Atlantic uh, Records. So he's just, he's just like heavily endowed with the hits. And yeah. then he went on to making hits for his own, like, you know, Rainy Night in Georgia and right. Kitty O and things like that. And we know so. the power is in the pen. Uh, that's 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 where you get that residual income from. That's Smokey Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smokey Robinson, Lamont and Dozier, from all those guys. Those guys that write, yeah, because we can perform. Yeah. But those people that write, they go on the history yeah. because I mean, Smokey is like, and you know, an amazing. Like I said, I'm I'm the fossil up here, but at the same time, when I I I got to perform with a lot of those people. Yeah. I got to see them at the, and some of them were still at the pin, pinnacle of their careers. Yeah. Like I played, got to play Carnegie Hall with Aretha Franklin, which was amazing. Yeah. I, I played the, 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 the Grand Ole Opry with yeah. Patti LaBelle, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Chicago Theater with, with uh, Roberta Flack, yeah. you know, Al Jarreau. Uh, I mean, I have to talk about him because he's a 10-time Grammy winner. Yeah. But working with all these people, you know, playing, I opened for, you know, the Delphonics, the Dales, you know, uh, you know, you know, I was I was a young comedian performing with on, on big stages yeah. with a lot of these great act, acts, and it's really cool to be able to historically that I can still talk about them. Absolutely. Like, like to be, you know, I was born in South Carolina, but look, I could talk about. I mean, Richard Pryor at the comedy store, I was with him when all the, all the craziness and everything was going down and all these black comedians, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Red Fox, he's, he's, I was in St. Vegas. Louis. I was in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't skip over there now. Say, say, You've been mentioning South say, Carolina. St. Louis, like, yeah. and listen, so are you want to talk about St. Louis? I performed in St. Louis for the, 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 the Baseball Hall of Fame, the, the Negro Baseball yeah. League. I got a, I got a jacket. Yes, yes, from yes. from I forget the guy's name, but the tall, really good-looking guy. He was older. He was uh, he played for the Kansas Kansas City Monarchs, okay. and uh, he and you know I performed there, and uh, it's just amazing, you know, uh, when you get to do these things as a kid. I used to love all these performers, and then I got to actually perform with them. Be a part of that. And just, yeah, I, you know, historically, I'm like, wow, you know, to be, I'm here with Aretha Franklin. She calls me, she was at Chess. I, I met her at Chastain. I was open for her in Atlanta and she took me on tour with right. her. And then she called me up one day and said, Mr. Stevens, she says, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And I was like, what? She says, practice, practice, practice. We're going to Carnegie Hall. That's amazing. And I, I even I kept the I kept the receipt from the hotel where her name was on it because yeah. I was just so excited. <laughs> so excited about Aretha that. Aretha Franklin, man. Yeah. It's amazing. And going back into the, like the power of the pen, we mm -hmm. talk about that gets a little bit harder though, right? Because when you talk about when people were just blatantly stealing the music back then, yeah, it's hard to have a pen. Yes. you're just gonna take the whole script. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. It was um, hard for African American, uh, like a lot of you know, even from jazz, yeah. you know, because what happens is a lot of them could not write. They could not write music. Yeah. They just played it from feel, the emotion, the gospel, the spiritual, and it would mm -hmm. come across. And what happened was, you know, of course, a lot of white America, they studied music. So they would actually write their music out and then they would sell their music. 
So and that's that the way the they price. stole most of it. And so a lot of it was, you know, basically now you'll see a lot of music that was written by a lot of people, but they were actually really performed by us. Wow. And, and that's the blueprint, yeah. you know, and that Sam was really Cook, back Sam Cook, he sort of like followed into Ray's, uh, you know, because because Ray Charles, you remember Ray Charles was like, oh no man, I, I, I want my masters. Yeah. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Sam Cook was the same way. He created his own a record label. You know, and most of the most, like I said, the most powerful people like Babyface. Babyface, man, he right. wrote for three, he wrote for like three or four di different generations. Yeah. You know, and he's he's an amazing writer, this yeah. raising writer. And, that's and I looked at about. that uh, documentary on Sam Cooke, a couple documentaries on Sam Cooke actually, yeah. um, and did a lot of reading on him as well. Um, and that, of course, we know about the, the situation around his death and yes. things of that nature. But when you look around that time as well, he was trying to secure his masters. Yes, of course. Um, which then next you know he, he was gone ends up dead yes yeah and, so and, and that, that happens it happens in this business and it happens now in this business yeah. Aaliyah you know you don't really truly know what's the mystery behind it and not you know a lot of not only like black artists a lot of white artists as well yeah. was like you know come on I mean I'm not a conspiracy theorist but Prince yeah. you know Prince went up against Warner Brothers, and so when all this stuff happens, and even Taylor Swift, one of the biggest artists right now, yes, yes. you know she's having trouble even with her master. Yes, so that's and you, yes, it's the music business is treacherous, and it's, you know, it's ran by a lot of treacherous people. So, yeah. but if you're a writer and you do it all the right way, and especially that's something for African American writers and people mm -hmm. out there listening, if you're a writer. You know, basically register your stuff, register your music, your IPs, your independent properties. Those are very, those things that's very important. You gotta register your music, your plays, or anything else that you do, because you know it's just like you know August Wilson. That's why you know he was amazing. You know, I just yeah. came back from watching that. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Going back to your grandfather though, because I want to talk about him just a little bit, because um, we're talking about. I know you <laughs> more than more than of willing course, to. Of course, of course. Oh, you talk about the blueprint that was created back then, and then we talk about now. Um, when we're talking about even doing this interview. Uh, you sent over some stuff on me, and was like, oh yeah, I sent over Drake too, because yeah, I'm like Drake now. Come on, <laughs> you know, right. folks right. are singing, so you be like, okay, now, you know, you maybe you stretched it a little yeah. bit, that's you right. know. But no, like uh, you were gone. Yes. Um, is now Drake and 21 Savage, Jimmy Cooks, uh, <laughs> which is number one. It went number one on the Billboard. Number one, number one on the Billboard. I'll take care of you. Um, turn it to Drake and Rihanna, take care. Um, that take care was like, uh, what, five times platinum? Yes. A lot of money, yes. a lot, 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 <laughs> yes. lot of records yes. sold. Yes. Uh, Rainy Night in Georgia, that was sampled by rapper Gucci Mane um, yes. and also covered by Rod Stewart. You talk about how prevalent your grandfather's music is now. Of course it was back then as well. Yes. But how it's now being revamped and now being presented to a new audience who potentially probably don't even know that it's him, That's right. but it's still the feeling, the vibe, the spirit is there. I think it's just um, the fact that back in the days, a lot of artists, they really took time and put in their crafts. Like they really, uh, they made a deliberate effort to make timeless music yeah. and it still transcends to this day. I see a lot of artists, when you hear the radio, you hear things that sound so familiar because they keep taking and sampling stuff and then they sample it again and they sample it again. It's like, go back to the roots of being original. Yeah. The artists back in the day, they seem as if they had a, a thing about being original. They didn't want to sound like the next person. Now it seems like everybody kind of wants to replicate the same sound. Even in the same sample, right. you know, you right. know it'll, be, it'll literally right. it'll be like 
two, three songs on the radio that has some variation of like the same sample involved with it. And it's like, come on, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, just being original. I will admit though, uh, within my friend group, they know I love a good sample on a good song. Right. Cause it just gives me like that, that love, that, that feel I got when I heard the original, but I'm all about that original too. But, I, but nowadays is there, a, I mean, of course there's always a space for creativity, but that also comes with a lot of backlash as well sometimes when you step so far out of that box yes than it was back then because yes. i mean I, I feel like they were making the blueprint so like now it's kind of like mm, i don't like it turn it off it doesn't fit into the box that we want what's your what's your thoughts on that She likes yeah. Beyonce. Yeah, like <laughs> She's a Beyonce girl. She's a Beyonce. Because she sings and dances. So, yeah. so her, the two of them, matter of fact. Who's an originator? I mean, Beyonce, I mean, she. Well, no, she's actually, to me, I think that Beyonce is also Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Right. So when she yeah. came in, matter of fact, when she came in the audition for me, and I'm doing a Motown show, and uh -huh. I'm like, I want it old school, old school. But she came in, and she came in, she was doing uh, uh, doing uh, Beyonce like nobody's business. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I said, but you know, the people that normally come are older, retired people. So so I said, so but I, I saw, but I saw it, I went, Tina Turner. Yeah. And so now she does Tina Turner in our Motown show. The two of them, they do Ike and I'm Tina. Ike. I can tell you. And, and, they, and on, I, I've been Maybe I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you come to the show, I've seen them get standing ovations wow. just by That's doing that piece together. That's amazing. You That's gotta amazing. see it. Yeah, and in the four tops he play he plays Levi Stubbs. We call him Big Perm. Big Perm, what they call yeah. him. Big Perm. Yeah. So he plays <laughs> Levi Stubbs and he does it to a T. It is funny because the fact that he's actually there, it's the four top temptation battle within the song. The music yeah. is all there, but it's the funniness. Yeah. I can't give you everything because you have to come and see it, but <laughs> but but they bring those characters to life. It's something. And that's amazing. What we do is like, it's old school, but young people come here and they be cracking up. They love it yeah. because it's fun. You know, she does seem to like yeah. Tina Turner. She captures the whole ambience of yeah. Tina Turner. And it brings it introduces us to like a new generation to as a new well. Generation. And before we get over here to um, Astro Theater, let's talk about Charlie's place too. Uh, here, yes, here yes. in Myrtle Beach, I feel as if once again we got to go back to the past gotta and talk go about back that to a little the past bit. To know the future, to right? know the future, yes. to, to understand how do we got to this point. Um, you know, it's probably back in what the 1930s and 1950s. Yes. Um, Big acts, right? Yes. Billy Holiday, Duke Ellington, yes. Ray Charles, who yes. you, yes. Uh, Louis Armstrong, yes, yes, yes. Lu Louis Armstrong was, oh my God. Matter of fact, I got, I just got called, I called to do Louis Armstrong because Louis Armstrong spent time in Seattle, Washington, yeah. and of course he was adopted by Jewish people, and uh, he had a really interesting life, yeah. and then he had some letters that he'd written. So someone asked me because I play trumpet a little bit, and so they asked me would I do a one man show with Louis Armstrong. So I'm working on that that particular show at home, right, as we speak. Uh, but I love Louis Armstrong as a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kiss me. You know, that was like, <laughs> a kiss is just a kiss. It would be great to do. <laughs> and, and so it's just amazing to do this. And then when I when when he came, and I didn't know. Yeah. You know I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Uh, we met on a radio interview. Yeah. And he says, "Hey, sir, I, I respectively, <laughs> yeah. I am I am an actor, yeah. you know, and it blah blah blah." And I said, "Okay, well, cool. You want to come and be a part of this Motown thing?" I said, "I don't know what we're gonna do because I also have another play that we call Shoe Shine that we're putting together." Yeah. Uh, but he came, moving microphones, yeah. 
and now to his big, biggest role as they call him Big Purr, but Levi Stubbs, he kills it. Yeah. And they love me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we always say, I say, man, me. you love you. Boy, they ain't no, they ain't no, I, there's, there's no I in team, but he always. But there's an M and an E, understand that? <laughs> they love me. It, it, it's incredible. But, yeah, you, you were talking about back in the day when I would see those back in, what, got to be 30s, 40s. Yeah. When Sam and all these guys, they were, it, it had, wasn't a 95, so they were, it had to be like on number nine highway going yeah. through. And they saw, and I was seeing Back where they, could, yeah, and they come to Carver's place. Yeah. And they were coming, that's where they were coming to. Yeah. But Carver's place, and, and they would play at, 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 all over the place, but then they would go, and that's where they would come, and they play all those great performers would be here, right here. Yeah. And when you know, because, you know, of course, they got, still got one of the only, few, only, Black beaches in the United States is right here. Exactly. And uh, and I, I go out there sometimes because I, I want to see like the landmass and where everything was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I remember my, my parents, they all have pictures from Myrtle Beach, wow. from the Atlantic Beach, the Black Beach, yeah. with them pictures that'll say Atlantic Beach on it. Yeah. And the b- pictures were black and white. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, and uh, I'll tell you a story and this is a story I tell in my show sometimes. When I was a little boy, I was like seven, eight years old. You know, I had the party lines and all that. Mm-hmm. My dad, his, his people were from Washington, D.C. His dad was from Washington, D.C. So my dad would go up to Washington, D.C. and go to shows when he got old enough to go visit his father. Yeah. So he's with James Brown, okay? So he, he meets James okay. Brown, he calls on the phone. My mom had seven children. Yeah. He puts us on the phone. And we're talking to James Brown. Wow. That's amazing. And James Brown said, hey, how y'all doing? Stay in school. <laughs> Say it loud. I'm black and proud. <laughs> and, and now that was eight years old. Now, 30 years later, when I'm 38 years old, yeah. I'm opening for James Brown at Constitution, circle moment. At Constitution Hall in, in, in Washington, D.C. I'm standing in my dressing room. Oh, my God. I was standing in my dressing room uh-huh. and I started feeling like I was eight years old <laughs> because I didn't know. I'm thinking like, is he going to come? Is he going to come and talk to me? Yeah. Is he going to come to the door? And all of a sudden, here's this guy comes in. He's all dressed up in this full garb and he, and he comes up to me and he says, uh, what's your name? And I said, my name is James. He goes, James, James, my name's James. That's a good name. James is James. And he said, have a good show. And he walks out. And that's it. Yeah, but I was I was like like a little boy. I was eight Star years old. Still. I was eight years old. And then, you know, Ray Charles, you see the picture of me and Ray. Yeah. And Ray Ray and I, and then I got to, to be up for the movie. Jamie Foxx and I were the last two people up for that movie. Okay. But I met Jay, I met James, I met Ray Charles in 1986 at the World's Fair. I'm at the World's Fair with, with, with Ray Charles. I got my fiance and I'm opening for Ray. I'm upset because I'm such an admirer of him that I go, they have Ray Charles dressing in the girls' restroom and they gave us the, the dressing rooms. Now, I was angry. Why? Because I was angry because I was like, I can't believe they got, they got Ray in the, in, the, in the bathroom. And then his, the Ray Lester goes, James, he can't see. He doesn't know where he's at. <laughs> we need the mirrors for our makeup. This is true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, and so, and so in the 90s, I got to do Ray Charles' 50 Years of Music. You can see it. It's, it's on uh, cable and stuff like that. Yeah. It was all every Michael Jackson, 
Bill Cosby, Rick, Stevie Wonder, Michael, everybody. I'm on this show. So I, I get to meet, see Ray again 10 years later. Ray, and I said, Ray, you know, me and my fiance, we came to see you. Remember we took pictures and you were like, he, he, he goes, oh, 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 did I get her? <laughs> wow. He, he, said, he said, well, then you got lucky. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so the memories, like I'm saying, as a kid, man, all these people that I dream about, I got to hang out with. Willie Nelson came up to me in that show. He goes, I heard you do an impression of me. <laughs> that was so fun. Yeah. So James Ingram. How were they as people, though? You know, because sometimes yeah. you know you you look up to people for so long, and you know you finally meet them, and it's kind of like, all right, yeah. that was interesting. I, you know what I mean? I've yeah. never been really. I haven't really been disappointed in uh, like Good. a lot of the people that I met. I feel like they were humble back then. Like a much lot, more humble. A lot of the people, like even like meeting Garth Brooks and people like that. Garth yeah. was excellent, and uh, people talk about these people, but. Some of them are different because, you know, like being with Al Jarreau, who's a 10-time Grammy winner in his voice, you're thinking that he had the cleanest voice always, but he was smoking and drinking. Uh, <laughs> he was, you know, man. that kind of thing. Like, you know, I'm like, Al, what are you doing? He's, uh, what do you mean, man? You know, he's smoking and drinking. I'm like, you are blah, blah, blah. Or so many of these guys are uh, like, you know, they have habits and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. they have habits. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different. And then Richard Pryor and people like that, you know what yeah. I mean? Richard Pryor, Red Fox, you know, I got to hang out with these people. I mean, even, you know, you guys are probably like, wow, you know, like Martin Lawrence and all those guys, they're nobodies to the people that I got to hang out with. You know, yeah. as a baby comedian, I was at the, I was playing at the Dunes with Jimmy Walker, Roseanne Barr, Sandra Bernhardt, and Jay Leno. Wow. And, I, and I'm the Huge little, names. I'm the opening act, you know. Yeah. And so it's like weird, you know, and I never take a lot of pictures of these people. I just started taking the pictures that are on the wall just because I knew these people. But I've been with like so many great performers. Yeah. man. That's a blessing. You know, it is, a blessing. It's, it's a God thing. I always yeah. say it. And how, and how do you feel now performing um, at the Asher Theater um, um, and being amongst <clears throat> someone who's been well traveled, well, well versed in so many people. Um, it's, it's amazing. You get to learn a lot. You know, I'm like a, a, a empty sponge. I just soak up everything. You know, he's the comedy legend and he's taught me a lot, you know, as far as comedy chops. I came in acting, comedy. I was like, you know, not too good. I can make yeah. you laugh, but if I'm trying to make you laugh, it'll probably be kind of weird. Yeah. But he helped show me some strategies and ways to make it easier. So. I've been using it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, as far as acting is concerned and singing, practicing more, this gives me a great platform to, um, you know, just keep practicing and before you know it, you're getting better and better and uh, you're ready for the next level and just keep going. So this is definitely a great space to learn, grow. Um, you definitely get to touch people. You know, I come from Brooklyn, New York originally. I've done theater in New York in the, the city. Horse. Yes, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> So um, I remember like the difference in this in New York is after the shows, you wouldn't really get to touch the people and, you know, yeah. really talk to them. Interact. It's yeah. just like well, they're. Pay for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like now here you get a chance to actually see people. Hey, you know, you made my birthday or you made my grandmother's or grandfather's birthday. We had people here literally crying and telling us, you know, they enjoyed the show and how much they enjoyed it. So I just I'm just grateful to be here and um, to give people the experience and bless them with my God given talents. That's the same for you, Shana? Yes, it's um, honestly a humbling experience. You learn something new every single day while impacting lives and doing what you love, you know, Absolutely. with people, great people, obviously. Yeah. And 
the one thing I immediately noticed when I walked in the door um, is how intimate it is. Yes. And what I try to do, especially nowadays with music artists, is I try to make sure I get to the concerts on their way up so I can see them in the smaller venues yes. so they're yes. we're right, right here. You know, say for instance, uh, Susan, you know, who's like, you know, a top artist nowadays. Saw her in St. Louis in a place called uh, Ready Room, which is about as Probably about as big as this place, mm -hmm. you know, and it was so intimate. It was one of her first albums, which is great. Um, and now she's in stadiums, and it's like, I don't even know if I want to go to that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But one, my ticket all the way up in the nosebleeds, about $300. So it's kind of like, I'm not really sure. So I think we still got to have a, a a place and a space for right. for those small, intimate places. Because like you said, it really like connects you to the audience, right? Right. I, I agree with that um, in totality. And I also just like how uh, you know, just as you said earlier, the music and things, it transcends, like, we have people to this day, he can say on the stage, hey, I got Brooke Benton's grandson. He passed away in 88, we're in 2023, and we still have people that'll be jumping up, oh, wow, where is he at, is he right. here? And actually, uh, was it the show we did in Shira? Um, I had my family, some family that I didn't know, wow. they came to the show and said, hey, you my cousin. And I thought it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then they came about 20, 20 deep here, as yeah. they said they would, yeah. and they came and they showed love and uh, took pictures. And it was just amazing just seeing how powerful theater can be and just the arts, because I'm just up here doing my job that, yeah. you know, using my God-given talents and abilities, and look at it. You have family that you never knew that was connected. They're showing me old pictures of my grandfather and people that were here that was like 80, 90 years old and still looking good. So I said, all right, I'm still going to be looking good when I'm 80 or 90 years old. All right, family. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's looking good. It's yes, looking sir. good. You got to love that. And uh, you carry your grandfather around with you, too, on your train. Oh, well, yes. Right? That's him right there. Yeah. Uh, and what, is, what does that mean for you? Um, I keep him everywhere. I keep him in my heart. And... Um, it's just a reminder that um, I have a lot of work to do, and I, I just want to see um, his work, you know, come to a completion. I want to, I want him to be happy still. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it was still some things that I feel like that was left on the table as far as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is concerned. Sure. I'm making it my business to get him inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's well deserved. He's written for what, two, two artists that's already there, the Clyde McFadder, he's written for him. He's on the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Donna Washington, he's collabed with her and written for her as well. So she's on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then it's like, give him his just due. I believe he's uh, well deserving of it. And then we have one of the biggest hip hop artists to this day, Drake, still sampling his music and yeah. using his music. And I didn't even know about Gucci, man. You, <laughs> you actually uh, hit me to that. So it's like, uh, at this point, I think we need to just give him his flowers and just, you know, do it for the family. And I am a part of the estate as well. So we would like to see that. And Drake, Drake, you know, the state didn't see nothing, so <laughs> we love you, Drake. We just messing around. We love you, Drake. Keep on sampling. Anybody else? Kanye, Jay Z, come on. Keep on sampling. Right. I just you know little. The state, the state matters. Nothing personal. And we talked about earlier within our conversation just about finding stages. You know, when there wasn't a stage, sometimes even stand on to sing on to be on. Um, and and now you've created that stage yeah, for what, this younger generation. Yes. What goes through your mind? Well, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I hear I was born in South Carolina. Yeah. I was a kid and I wanted to perform. I wanted like, how do I get to New York? How do I get to LA? How do I get like, you know, I used to watch these people on television. Yeah. 
And I never had any mentors. I never had anybody could say, hey, listen, I'm gonna work with you, we wanna make this thing happen. And basically, uh, my wife and I had, we had a house here, our summer home, so we would come, we'd come here for the summer. And we were here and uh, we went to a couple of shows and I was like, wow. And, and I was like, my wife was like, you know, you should have your own space. And I was like, you know what, that'd be cool so we can spend more time down here and be with my relatives. I got tons of relatives here. And so that's why we, we created the space. And then that's the reason why I try to recruit you know, younger people so I can teach them. They, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe even that I was on the stage with a lot of people. Yeah. So, because it's here, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, that dream is a long way from a small child. So, you know, and I love kids. I have a foundation here, I give kids scholarships. So when I created this space, I created it for a lot of kids. Matter of fact, one of the girls that I was acting with now, she's actually on the Netflix series with uh, Craig Robinson. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, and so her, uh, so her name's Anna Mae, so she's on, on the Netflix special. So she's with Craig Robinson, and I said, tell him that you know me. She mentioned my name, and he says, let's call James right now. He said, yeah, that's my yeah. friend. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And, and I'm like, for, for Craig Robinson, uh, Craig Robinson, to, to, for me, he says I'm, I'm his idol because he, I, was, I was way ahead of him. You know, I've been doing comedy for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And so he was in Atlantic City. Uh, we first met Atlantic City, he didn't have any TV. And I walked in on the show at the Tropicana and he, just, he was just like, oh my God, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and uh, so for that to happen, and it's amazing things. Like with these kids, I'm trying to give them whatever that I can give them and move them on to the next level so other kids can come in and take their spots. I mean, they were, like I said, we got, they were, they were like babies and now they're the seniors, you know, and uh, you know, we have some really talented people on our shows. I mean, like I said, Ian Davis, seven time Apollo winner. We got the, you know, uh, 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 Jerome Gordine, who sings with the Manhattans, you know, so he still goes out and sing with them. Yeah. You know, we picked up this young man right here, yeah. who's who's not just you know singer; he's theatrical, and uh, she's incredibly talented because yeah. she, you know, if you can do uh, uh, Beyonce, you can do anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so those are hard songs. Those are very hard songs, and she mm -hmm. sings, dances, so she brings a lot to the table. So what I want them is to groom them, create their own shows. I think she can do a Tina Turner. That's a Tina Turner tribute show in, in Germany that's making millions of dollars. Yes. And then, uh, so, and he, he should do a one-man show and tribute to his grandfather. I think that would be, yeah. that, that would actually do a 360 for his grandfather. Oh yeah. And that's how we push it forward, right? Most definitely. That's how we push it forward. Most definitely. I, I like that idea. That's why I had those records that I had today just to show and, when the last time we seen records or CDs? Yeah. Everything is like it's social media. It's trying to make a comeback. Now it's like, oh, I got them on vinyl. Vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Vinyl. Yeah. But I'm thinking, okay, well, what, how am I going to play How I'm going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, is this yeah. just for, you know, just for my wall? You know what yeah. I mean? I really don't know. And I um, think that was also a great thing. I, I wanted to show that because there was a point in time when my grandfather couldn't have his face, and not just him, black artists couldn't have their face on the records. Yeah. It was just whatever picture of some family, a Caucasian family, yeah. but not the actual artist. So time has, you know, progressed and passed on. So we, we've made it, we came a long way. Yeah. We definitely came a long way. We have, yeah, there was definitely a period. I remember, I can't think of the artist now. 
Um, but when he was performing, they didn't know he was a black artist. And then, you know, they see him on stage and it's like, whoa, am I supposed to be liking this song? Yeah. So we, we, we've come a long way from now packing out the house with all types of people. Like you said, all types of people come out yeah, here. Got, um, and, you know, Darius, you know, Darius crossed over the country. Yeah. You know, Darius Rucker, and he's from everything. Yeah, yeah, I saw him when he, when I, when he was just uh, in college. At, yeah. at, you know, I was performing at a, at a comedy club talking about 30 some years ago yeah. and he was playing in the band with all these white kids yeah. wow. you know he was singing and I'm yeah, like look at Darius and now. that's Darius look at Darius now with festivals down uh, in Charleston and everything yes. so just want to say thank you all thank appreciate you appreciate y'all I really I really enjoyed this entire conversation um we have a long way to go yes but we've come a long way as well yes. I, I want to say you know, blessings to all of you on your career. You've had a great career, but I know yes. you're going to go even further, oh, which is yes. making so much good. But thank you all so much for joining us. Thank really you. appreciate you. And thank you for joining us here as well. Just so you know, all month long here on WNBF, we'll have our Black History Spotlights starting on WNBF News today at 5 a.m.